Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. Have you questioned your faith? Or had anything shake your confidence in what you believe and challenge your faith? I wonder if any of you have said no, because I think all of us have had our faith shaken, me included. And this wasn't while I was in my early journey. I'll share with you what happened to me, but I love the way that God speaks to us in the daily readings. And when I say daily readings, I'm speaking about the Catholic daily readings for Mass and, of course, the Sunday readings. They're all the same. I've contemplated and reflected, oh my goodness, if everyone was Catholic and we all went to daily mass and made God a part of our daily bread, our daily life, received Jesus into our heart in mass every day and heard his word together, can you imagine what this world would be like? Oh my goodness. There is a reason for liturgical seasons, and there is an exact reason why God is sharing his word, these readings, with me today and you. So whether you're Christian, um, Catholic, I mean, don't worry. Sign up for the daily readings, usccb.org, and read along with everyone and See what God is trying to tell the world. Because today follows up yesterday. If you didn't listen to my podcast yesterday, it was about God abandoning us. Some of us feel that God just left us, completely duped us, left us high and dry. We've been praying the same prayers for decades. Nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. So we feel alone and in pain. And some of it is we're sick and we're ill. Others are we're desperate for our family members and friends to be converted, for the world to change, for the truth to come out, blah, 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 blah. And you're praying and praying and fasting and sacrificing and doing everything. And yet, hello, God, where are you? Well, today follows that exactly. By the way, God never abandons us. He's always there. And let's take a listen to what he's saying to us today. And I'll summarize it when we're done here. But we're looking at Ezekiel 18, 21 through 28. Thus says the Lord God, if the wicked man, the wicked man we're all talking about here, turns away from all his sins he committed, 
if he keeps all my statutes and does what is right and just, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the crimes he committed shall be remembered against him. He shall live because of the virtue he has practiced. Do I indeed derive any pleasure from the death of the wicked, says the Lord God? Do I not rather rejoice when he returns from his evil way that he may live? And if the virtuous man, we're talking about the virtuous man now, turns from the path of virtue to do evil, the same kind of abominable things that the wicked man does, can he do this and still live? None of his virtuous deeds shall be remembered because he has broken faith and committed sin. Because of this, he shall die. You say the Lord's way is not fair. Hear now, Israel, house of Israel. It is my way that, wait, is it my way that is unfair? Or rather, are your ways unfair? When someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity and dies, it is because of the iniquity he committed that he must die. But if the wicked, turning from the wickedness he has committed, does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life. Since he has turned away from all that, from all the sins that he committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. And here we go. O Lord, if you mark our iniquities, who can stand? That's the responsorial psalm and the verse before the gospel. Cast away from you all the crimes you have committed, says the Lord, and make for yourself a new heart and a new spirit. The Gospel, Matthew 5, 20 to 26. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteous surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill. And whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother. And then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to the court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. All right, that gospel's huge. And I could go off into purgatory and confession. I mean, there's so many things here, but I'm going back to faith. God showed us the way. Jesus Christ. God showed me the way to the Catholic church and the sacraments that are purposefully there to help me on the journey. They are there for me, not for the church, 
not for God, not for Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. They're there for me. It's a beautiful gift, the sacraments of the church. Okay, so when you are righteous and you turn away, in my opinion, it could be sin. It could be evil deeds that you've done. Mortal sin. The bottom line, what we're hearing here is you must turn and run back to God. Excuse me, I have this little noise that's happening in the back of my throat. Run back to God. In confession, through the sacrament of reconciliation, cilia being little eyelashes, you want your eyelashes to be rubbing up against God's eyelashes. That means we are face to face with him. We have reconciled our hearts and our eyes are fixed on him. Our eyelashes are blinking and touching one another. That is reconciling to God. Now you might be questioning your faith, which in my opinion is one of the worst sins. And I've committed it. Just because we don't like what's happening in our life. And I reflect on Job because he is just the epitome of who we need to walk with during these times of despair and questioning. I was given a couple of videos and, you know, this was at the time when I was researching what was going on with COVID and and the government and the elite and all this stuff and how many lies were out there. And I know that the church, let's just say it isn't clean and pure. And I was just wondering, geez, where do the lies end? And so I was digging and searching and seeking. It's funny, yesterday it was ask, seek, and knock, right? And I had this beautiful homily, ask, seek, and knock. And it was wonderful. And someone just forwarded me something from Mark Mallett, a friend of mine, who has ask, seek, and knock. But truly, if you are seeking, seeking the truth and seeking God, he will show himself to you. So I was seeking other stuff. I was wondering, well, what is this? Why does this sound so interesting? And the person who was actually talking about this practice, and I'm not going to share it with you. I don't want you going and looking at stuff. You are right where you need to be because I don't want you to go down the path that I did. It was killing me. My heart was broken. I was lost. I was thinking I was lied to just like everything else. I, I, and, and yet I didn't have this settled feeling. So if you want to talk about discernment of spirits during this time, whoa, I had to pray and pray and pray. And I finally came to the realization again through God's grace, because I was seeking that the Catholic faith is the truth and that I cannot look at the men that are in the church and their evil ways and what they have done. That has never really taken me away from the church. As a matter of fact, I use the old, hey, I follow Jesus, not Judas. Judas has been around since the very beginning, the establishment of the church. 
the establishment of the Eucharist, <clears throat> the Thursday before the Holy Week, right? Holy Thursday, right before Jesus is crucified. Judas ran away and sold him for 30 pieces of silver, right? The betrayal's been there from the very beginning. So it wasn't really the people in the church, but I really thought, well, what about the lies? Because I know there's so much, and it, this isn't just in the Catholic church. This is in the church across the board. Let's look at Rick Warren and some, Copeland and all these other people. They are being, what, investigated for child abuse, trafficking? I mean, this is serious stuff. The church is infiltrated. We all know this. Well, if you don't, you should. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you don't follow what Jesus gave us, which has been the 2,000 plus year, not only church from the 12 apostles, right? From the governance built on the same kind of logic and philosophy of the Jewish faith. Bottom line, bottom line, I question it. And it was the worst couple of weeks of my life. And I went to confession. And at this time, I wanted to go to a priest that I've never gone to before. I sought out a church far, far away. And I made an appointment because it happened to be a Hispanic church. And I wasn't sure if they had English confession. Sure enough, I call and the woman puts me right into the pastor. Guess what? The pastor now sees my name on his phone <laughs> because it's my cell phone, calls me by my name and says, come on in. I didn't care. I went in and it was face to face with mask on, with our masks on because it was that time of, you know, whatever was going on. Those masks that don't work, by the way, CDC has all the information out there. So take them off. Okay, it was the hardest confession I've ever had. I bawled my eyes out. I had to say that I questioned my faith, that I was looking at other things, that I wasn't sure that the Catholic faith was the real faith. And it was so hard. It was so freeing, though. And the, and the counsel that the priest gave me went back to the 12 apostles. I bring this up, but I haven't shared with you why I heard that and how much it meant to me. That if you don't think that the 12 apostles who left with nothing to go share a faith that came out of nowhere, to be killed and martyred and abused and beaten and jailed and tortured, if you don't think that they had their faith shaken and had to pray every day to have their faith increased, you got another thing coming. With all that's going on, we must always remember, and at this time, I forgot that Satan's number one reason for existence is to challenge your faith to keep you away from the one 
true God, from Jesus Christ, the Catholic Church, and true salvation, because he just wants your soul in hell. Please remember that and don't give him an inch, a centimeter, a millimeter, whatever little tiny measurement. Don't give him that mustard seed. Hold on to that thing with your dear life and ask the Lord to give you more faith. And get to reconciliation if you are Catholic, please. My goodness, I heard someone call into a radio station. Um, It was a woman who said, you know, why can't we just give confession to all people who need it? And the priest had said, you know what? I've had people who are not Catholic who come in to see me say, I would really like to go to confession. And he goes through the process, but he understands and explains to them that because they're not initiated in the church, and the reason why that's so important is because we should be initiated when we know what is expected and we agree and believe and want to join. You know what I mean? It's not just like this club, like you've got to believe it. Otherwise you're, you are condemning yourself. You're damning yourself. If you just do what I did and just go receive the Lord, not reverently, don't know what you're receiving in the, in the, you know, state of mortal sin. That's not how it works. It's a serious, we're talking about our salvation here. Why wouldn't it be structured to help us, but critically important to know what we're getting ourselves into? Let's think about that for one moment. I think all of us should reflect on that. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) this is getting long. But the point is, that is what Satan does. He has us question our faith through our circumstances, through those people around us, through media, through technology. There is so much out there that pulls us in all these different directions and can honestly make us question our faith. Or it could just be the fact that we haven't heard God's prayer be or our answers. Blah, let me stop and rephrase that. We haven't heard our prayers answered, especially in our own way and our own time. So today is a day to renew our spirit. Find reconciliation somewhere, please. If you have not gone yet or have not gone in a long time, what in the world do you have to lose? And and if you are going to reconciliation and maybe you're not questioning your faith, we should pray every day for more faith. It's a daily battle. We carry our crosses daily. We live in this crazy world daily. Why would we not ask God to fill our hearts daily and to change our hearts daily and to increase our faith daily, which means increase our trust in God's plan. God's way is not mine. His will, not mine. This is the walk, everyone. Every single day. And the more 
you call out to him, the more you ask Jesus to come into your heart, the more grace will flow. I promise you, ask, seek, knock. I'm going to recap a brief little homily from this priest. He was beautiful yesterday. Ask. The reason why we ask is because it's a sign of humility. How often do you not ask for help? I know it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me. And my husband and I have gotten into a few arguments because he's like, honey, you got to ask me. I can't read your mind because I'm assuming he should know I need help with this stuff, right? (laughs) But silly me, why not just ask? Because it's hard. It's that pride and it's the humility. So ask and then seek. We've got to start searching, right? We have to seek. If if you are tempted, you know, with another, I don't know, spiritual something or other, or you're like even questioning this Catholic faith, seek. You will find, I guarantee it, because that's what I did. The minute I walked out of that confessional after 26 years and I wasn't looking for God, I had no idea what just happened to me in there. So I started seeking. And that was the Holy Spirit that put that thirst to understand what is this Catholic faith about? Because I just saw God in there. I saw God. I felt God. I know God is there in that church, in that freaking confessional. (laughs) Oh my goodness, please, not the Catholic faith. I don't want to follow that stuff. But guess what? I sought it out. I seeked the answer and God gave it to me. And knock. He's knocking at your heart. We're just not answering the door. Are we knocking at his heart? Or are we just playing pity city waiting for him to come into our lives? Oh, woe is me. Look, it takes two. It takes two to tango. It takes two for faith. We have to take those steps to God. We need to move our feet. We can't expect God to do everything and then we don't even take a step toward him. Yes, he's one step ahead of us, hopefully guiding us and leading us, but we have to move our feet. So today, let's ask God for more faith, more trust in him. Let's give it to him. Give it all to him. Just like I said yesterday, have a deep conversation with Jesus. I went to adoration yesterday. And I'm not in a place where I'm questioning my faith. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest, I'm having a beautiful Lent. I am having a, oh, a moment where my heart is truly seeking him all day, every day. And I'm talking about him in front of my husband. I am thanking God for my husband out loud. I'm thanking God for things that are around me out loud. I am there with him. It's a wonderful walk. And yesterday in adoration, all I did was just ask for more faith, for more love. Help me love you more, if that's possible. I'm sure it is. And I want more love for you, Lord. Fill my heart. Clean my heart. 
Because the more I love you, the more I ask you into my life, the more I can love others. And the more I love this life, I was just emailing a woman who was the head of this Servite High School Women's Reflection Day that I went to this retreat. And I was, <laughs> I didn't even know how to put it in words. I said, oh my gosh, her name's Maria. I said, Maria, I am like busting out of my skin. I am so filled with the spirit. This is God's joy. When I just want to cry because I'm so filled with love, and appreciation, and I just see God working everywhere. It is incredible. I cannot explain it. I wish I've said many times I could make a pill and give it to you. All I can tell you is it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father, that beautiful Trinity working in my life in so many ways, but only because I'm asking them in and I'm taking my time and my steps toward him. I am giving my first fruits in the morning to him. And I am speaking to him all day. Remember, every day at Mass, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord. It is truly right and just. It's our duty. It's our salvation. But how often do we thank him every day, all day? That's what we're supposed to be doing. And when we do, oh my gosh, the grace and the joy and the peace and the love just bubble, 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 bubble. And we become this big bubbling pot of love. Bubbling over, right? It's the measure pounded down, poured out on our lap, right? The more, the more, the more we give God, the more he's going to give us. And the more we'll, we'll be able to give to other people. That's the walk the daily walk. And today, Lord, please give me more faith. I ask you into my heart. I seek you today. Show yourself to me. I am knocking. Please open the door. And I hear you knocking, Lord. I am opening my heart. I'm going to let you in. Do with me what you will. Not my will, not my timing, not my ways. Remember, it's a process, and we don't know God's ways or understand them. It's his timing, not ours. That's why we must be patient. We need God for that. And that's why we must be persistent. And that means we need to pray, and we need to give him our first fruits and not give up. All righty, everyone. It is uh, first Friday, right? The first Friday of Lent, of the first week of Lent. Don't forget, don't eat meat today <laughs> and do some additional penance and sacrifice and fasting. Show the Lord your commitment and open your heart and watch him work. It's amazing. It's amazing. And please, please, I know there are a lot of you that are contemplating confession. I know this because every time I speak, whether it's at an event, online, or even on these podcasts, because I will get an email from someone who says, oh my goodness, I went to confession. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
And I'm telling you, it is not me. It is the Spirit speaking through me to you. And of course, my own experiences I can share from my heart. And if you are questioning your faith, you had best bring that to Jesus for forgiveness because the the beautiful grace and the love, it's okay, my daughter. I know your mind is all over the place right now. I know your heart is being challenged, but it's okay. Welcome back home, right? And we're back where we need to be in his church with his sacraments to help us following his commandments. Gosh, how beautiful. Okay, I love you all. I'm going to let you get back on to your day. Go be love. Find something more with God. Have a truly blessed and inspired day. Talk to you in a couple.